Well, it's another Stories Unlimited podcast, and have we got a story or two for you. Welcome to Stories Unlimited with your host, Dave Casey. That's me coming to you from the North Shore of Chicago. And I'm Taylor Mason. I'm on Long Beach Island, way east of Dave and facing the Atlantic Ocean, just about six miles off the mainland. So we've got the east covered and we got the Midwest covered. Wherever you're listening to us, fantastic. Glad to have you on on board. We We got half the country covered and we're hoping for the other half to join in. And thanks for stopping by. I know that you just got off the road. You've been battling snowstorms in the great Northwest and other locales, and I'm sure you've got some crazy stories. I do that a lot. You know, I, my, my modus operandi is I fly into a city, rent a car, and drive. I've been doing this for many, 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 many decades. This last one that you're talking about, Dave, I flew East Coast to Salt Lake City, but my gig was in Idaho Falls. So why would I do that? Because it probably saved me overall on my travel expenses, a few hundred dollars. So now I'm driving from Salt Lake City to Idaho Falls, a three to three and a half hour drive that the exact time I was, I was flying and driving, a huge storm came in and actually went all the way across the United States of America. And I caught it at the very tail end as it was just coming uh, up to the Rockies and it was about to go over. So I actually landed in a snowstorm in Salt Lake City, uh, delayed a couple of hours, no problem, go get my rental car and start driving north from Salt okay. Lake City. That's what you do in a snowstorm. Right, exactly. And the, the roads were pretty clear because a lot of times, depending on where you are, when it snows, there are some places that are ready for it. There are some places that are not ready for it. When it, they have a huge snowstorm, it's Atlanta, it's really difficult. Dallas, when they, I've been, you know, that's a t- difficult time, but you fly into Minneapolis, you know, you fly into Boston, there's a snowstorm, eh, you know, they start clearing the streets right away. So yeah, yeah. they've City, got you know, the equipment. Exactly. That's exactly it. They've got, and where you are, Dave, Chicago handles it as best they can. Yeah. So you know, I, I'm in a rental car and I'm going to drive north. The first thing is, of course, in a rental car, you drive extra careful for people who know rental car. You do not want to have an accident with the rental car because there are just so many issues that go along with that, no matter how well you're covered insurance. It's like being drawn and quartered, the old torture. Yeah, you do not want to go through, so you drive safely. But fortunately, on this particular trip, driving out of Salt Lake City, no problem. You get up the northern parts of Utah. I'm still doing okay. And then you get to Idaho. And the expressway had not yet been treated for snow. And so the trucks... Well, it wasn't an election year. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the, tr- the truckers, 18-wheelers, they are they are just, they're cooking. They're, I mean, they're going 70 miles an hour. And they're, just, they're, they're just, you know, and I am in a rental car, so I'm going <laughs> the speed limit, you know, <laughs> and people are coming up right in my tail and going around. But I'm trying to be as careful as possible. And then you realize... The only person who might cause an accident is me driving the speed limit. So I tried to maintain speeds with those guys. Yeah, yeah, a little engine that could. There you go. I got to Idaho Falls. It snowed all night long. Get up the, you know, no sleep. This is the usual thing. You get in, you know, for me, get off the plane, get in a rental car, drive to Idaho Falls, go to the gym, take a shower, go to the job, do like a dress rehearsal sound check. All right, everything's set. 
I go eat dinner, I come back or I let the, the client eat dinner or, you know, people come into the theater, whatever it is. And then uh, I'm on, I do my hour, hour and a half, back to the hotel, sleep two hours, up at four. And now we're driving to catch the first flight out of Salt Lake City. At, <laughs> you know, we're, it's like three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. And it's a blizzard. It's, it's to put it in perspective, it's the Star Wars scene from Star Wars 1 where they go into hyperdrive. Oh, oh yeah. Right, the stars. That is what the snowstorm is like. You're driving into that oh. in a rental car. Now, and see, I would be, I, I'm like, I'm in a rental car. I don't know where all the switches and buttons are. And I'd be like halfway to Idaho before I figured out how to turn on the wipe. It, 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 that's a challenge. And the seat heaters, other seat heaters, I'm used to having a seat heater. Oh. I rented, you know, a, a Hyundai Elantra. They don't come with the seat heater, oh. you know? Oh yeah. So, and then the trucks are still, even though it's four o'clock in the morning, for some reason, there, there were lots of trucks on the road and we're in the mountains and there are curves and <laughs> always blowing. And, you know, you're watching the clock. Oh, I've gone 20 miles in five hours. And you're in the rental car. And as you said, you don't know where all the, all the, the turn signal and what's the radio and can I get a weather report? And uh, do I need cruise control? Wait, are there, are there bright lights? Do, do they, they play fun? rock and roll in Idaho? <laughs> so I drive you know, like a madman to Salt Lake City, you know, but I've left early enough. I've given myself plenty of time. So I get to Salt Lake City, by the way, got the rental car back right after that. It's not like, you know, that's the end because then I flew to St. Louis and the storm hit St. Louis just as I got there. So the next day, oh. I, instead of having the gig in St. Louis, it was in uh, this little tiny town uh, I think it butt crack, Missouri. I'm pretty <laughs> the show. That's butt spell B-U-T-T-E. Yeah, is exactly like a butte, and uh, we drove down to three hours south to that in a storm and back up uh, in rental cars. And but oh. I've been doing this so long, you know. Uh, and it used to be too with rental cars. One of them, who I will not name, but if you're a platinum member, when you would land at one of the airports, they would come. Yeah. This is before the pandemic. They would come in in a car, and you they would pick you up, and the driver would give you the keys right there. Oh at wow. And say, I'm just going to grab the bus and go back to the, the rental car agency. You take the car and go now. Oh, that was great. Yeah, now, supreme I, I, service. I have not seen that since the pandemic, but that was uh, that that was great. That was, and it was always okay, Mr. Mason. I've got your car, but now they're more. Who are you? It's more like the uh, the scenes from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's pretty much every single <laughs> travel date I do. I tell you, my history says I don't need a rent a car to get in trouble in a snowstorm. I visited my brother in the middle of Connecticut when he was uh, teaching at a private school and uh, he and his wife were both up there. So I went and visited him when I was single and just out of college. I, I want, and that day I wanted to drive to New York city and, and hang with some buddies and watch the Super Bowl. I, I wake up with all intentions of driving there and, you know, giving myself plenty of time to get there and party before the game starts and just make a great day and night out of it. So I hop in my car. It's a Malibu where uh, on my low, low salary as a new, you know, new cartographer, I was like, well, you know, I'll change the tires when they get so bald, I can see the thread. That's when, um, you know, that'll be my, that'll be my, uh, uh, you know, my, my, that'll spur me to action. I see little snowflakes, little harmless snowflakes uh, in the morning. I have my breakfast. I take, you know, my brother makes a big breakfast for me. 
and I take my time and then the snowflakes get to be the size of tarantulas. And I'm like, wait a second. It's this could get serious. I better get on the road because I got a good, I don't remember, but like a three hour drive or something, maybe a little less. And I got bald tires. I mean, they're as bald as my head. And I'm like, this is not going to be good if I don't get on the road. So I get on the road and I'm driving through Connecticut. It's all good. I'm like, Dave, what were you worried about? It's, you know, it, the snow's still coming down, but man, these tires are doing just fine. And I, as I get down into upper New York, it, it's starting to get a little bit hilly. And now it's getting a little more challenging as I'm going down these hills and this Malibu is drifting a bit. I feel almost like I'm actually on a Malibu surfboard instead of on a car hugging <laughs> the road with my, uh, you know, my tire track car. I am, I am definitely slipping and sliding and this is not cool. So I'm starting to get well, a little- But you must've been scared. You must've been a little scared. I was a little concerned. I wouldn't say scared. I was a little concerned and white knuckling it. So I guess I was scared, but I was definitely white knuckling it, but I was trying to keep cool, calm, collected. Then the road starts getting very hilly. And I'm like, damn, because I hadn't gone this way when I came up. So I wasn't really sure what I was in for. And I did not remember anything this, but again, I wasn't challenged. I drove up on a sunny day. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm starting to hug these turns and these turns are starting to be like on racetracks because they're banked turns. And I'm like, ah. this isn't cool. Then I get to this giant hill. I go, a, well, you know, on the side of a mountain basically, but it's a hill. Then as I make the big turn around it, I feel all connection to the earth severed. I am, oh. I am now like Scott Hamill, just skating along in front of a, in front of the world and my shoulders and my knuckles and everything's cramping up. But I'm like, holy shit. I have go around the turn. I'm out of control. And I see at least six or seven cars that have plowed into the mountain. Oh, Oh, Fortunately, yeah. there's some snow there, so they didn't really plow into rock, but they plowed into snowbanks. And I'm like, now my only thing in life is to avoid hitting one of these cars, and so I don't get, you know, just into a crunched metal and a whole nightmare. And I do probably the best driving job of my entire life as yes. I go off the highway down the bank and avoid every other car there poof i'm like <laughs> nice nice the snowbank gave me a nice soft landing i've got no damage to the car i have a little bit of concern how i'm going to get out of here in time to watch the super bowl but i have avoided damages and i'm feeling good about myself until I see every other car that comes around the bend, I don't think it mattered what your tires were like. Every car was spinning out and losing it. So part of me says the road was somewhat to blame here. Yeah, definitely. But every car is, is like, and this is because I am a champion driver. Most of the cars are, are augering in before they get to where I got. I got down the road a piece and I was, you know, I was in pretty good shape as I sort of sat back. And now I'm in real fear watching all these cars skid out and like, where are they going to land? It was like 
you know, being at a casino and watching that tumbling dice and, you know, what's, you know, what's going to happen here until the big silver tanker truck broke the horizon, (laughs) came around the mountainside and just was heaving and hawing and hemming and tumbling like the dice I was talking about. It wasn't good and it wasn't stopping anytime soon. And I'm right there going, oh my God. I was literally staring into the double barreled shotgun of life. And this, the big grill, and it went beyond me and just plowed into the mountainside again, buffed by the snow but missed me by like seven feet, which oh. felt like seven centimeters. Yeah. Oh I mean, God. like, thank God, please, no more trucks. And eventually, the, he was one of the last to come. I think they, the state police eventually stopped traffic somewhere north of where I was. Because I'd say that after that truck, there was probably only like seven more cars, and most of them augured in comfortably, not nowhere near me. And I just surviving that tanker was a major ordeal. Oh my! Oh my gosh, David, you're you're lucky to be alive after a story like that. <laughs> I know. You know that's funny. I don't think I even thought about my life. I was thinking more about the Malibu getting crunched than I was about my own life because I knew I could move somewhere. That car was stuck. More worried about how am I going to catch the Super Bowl? Because it was starting to get dark now. It was just starting to get dark. And thank God they closed the highway somewhere north of me because then the state police who had been gathering throughout this whole 20, 30-minute ordeal I've been talking about, they gathered with trucks and stuff and they started hauling out cars um, from the wreck, you know, from the, cause most cars were unhurt. There were some cars that were plowed into, they were the last to be triaged. I was one of the <laughs> first to be triaged because the truck was a whole new ordeal. They weren't prepared for. And I was one of the southernmost cars, you know, closest to the downgrade. And so I was probably one of the first two or three cars pulled out and I'm thinking, Oh, this is sweet. I'm going to make yeah. the Super Bowl. So as they're pulling me out of the car and mumbling about my tire, they, they definitely noticed my tires. And they were like, dude, have you got other tires? And I'm like, no, this is what I got. And you were on this road in, this con- in these conditions? And they were grilling me like, you know, like I ought to have been grilled before I ever drove the car. They made me feel about an inch tall. But once I got behind the wheel and started driving, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make that Super Bowl. So I'm <laughs> heading down and I'm being extra careful now. And the roads are getting worse and I'm getting more careful, but the, the equation is not looking good. The equation is looking really bad. Now the snow is so fast and furious. I cannot even see the white lines in the road. The uh, plowing that's been done isn't being done fast enough to, to unearth the white lines and there's other traffic, and we're all going so, we are all snailing down the road because most of us have already, you know, been spanked by that wipeout up at the top of the hill, and then as we join other merges of traffic, they're smart enough to see what the conditions are, and we are driving literally 
less than 20 miles an hour. So now I'm doing all kinds of math in my head. Oh, let's see, I'm 167 miles away. I'm doing two minutes per hour, uh, you know, two miles an hour, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to miss the damn game. After all this, I'm going to miss the Super Bowl. And I don't know why I was like, I was more interested in, you know, being with my friends and, you know, getting together with them. So I yeah. was like able to swallow missing part or all of the Super Bowl as I sort of do this equation in my head. But end of story, I survived by driving like a snail for over 150 hours. I mean, miles. The snow was getting worse and worse and worse. New, driving in New, New York City, normally I would be intimidated. This was like, because like you said, yeah. the snow plows had New York City figured out. New right. York City streets were pretty damn good. And I, and then I could park almost anywhere I wanted because there was nobody. No the world you'll be able to do that in New York. But yeah, that's great. But uh, and, and I actually made, I think, the second half of the Super Bowl and don't even remember who was playing because it was like around. It was like uh, 1980 or something. Well, you, 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 got, you saved your life. You know, um, my dad used to tell me, just for people that are listening, I don't know if you did this, but my dad, when I was a kid driving through central Illinois in a, a snowstorm when I was like 16, getting my license, and his suggestion was, and for listeners, if you're ever in a situation, my dad taught me this, and I've, I've been doing it ever since, follow whatever line there is on the left side of the road, the driver's side of the road, whatever line you can see, whether it's where the snowplow maybe has gone through and there's a ridge yep. or you see the white line, just follow that for as long as you possibly can. It might even be that it might be where the, you know, the, the end of the road is and there's a berm or a ditch, follow that and just don't drive into it. That And I use that in the story I was just telling. And if I were you driving with everybody, you know, 20 miles an hour, a hundred miles from New York city, that's probably what I would have been doing just behind that person in front of me going 20 oh, yeah. miles. And like you said, you're, you're just on one of those elephant trains where they're following each other butt to butt. Oh, yeah. Nobody was passing anybody after, you know, at a certain point. And merges were like, holy shit, you know, I got to oh, yeah. put a break on. Very. You know, you'd have to put a break on for a merge on occasion. And you were like, you didn't know what would happen when you did it. As right. lightly as you pumped it, you were like, okay, this is, you know, again, let's roll the dice. What do we got? Snake eyes? No, seven, <laughs> baby. We're going. We're going to California for the Super Bowl. And uh, it was, it was uh, you know, that took a lot of weight off me, I think. I think I sweated a few bullets uh, that day. Oh, just listening to it. You know, I had a, um, I just listened to your story. I had a Toyota Camry, one of the first cars Marcia and I ever bought my wife and I ever bought was a Toyota Camry. And I had a gig, we were living in, in New Jersey and I have a gig, the kids were really little. And we had, I had a gig in central Pennsylvania. And what I want to do is, as I was saying before, my routine, a drive, a go to a gym, take a shower, and then go do the rehearsal and then the show. Well, there was something going on at home. You know, there was family juju. I don't know what it was. But uh, can you can you walk the dogs? Okay, fine. Can you take Hank to the? Oh my gosh, I've got to go. You know, and I'm not telling anybody. But what's happening is it's cutting into my time. Yeah. And the weather's really bad, so I get in the Camry. The Camry, the lease on the Camry was due the next day. It was a Thursday. Oh. The lease was up the next day. Yeah. I'm on the Pennsylvania Turnpike snowstorm oh, oh yeah T pennsylvania turnpike that's not a dangerous road in the league oh it's oh it's insane it's insane 
and you know the trucks and cars and people just driving and i'm in this camry and i'm i'm upset and it's snowing but i i know what i'm doing i am driving too fast for conditions but i i left late you have to and I mean, I'm driving, I think I was going to do a gig at, at Dickinson Law School, believe it or not, which is just west of Harrisburg. So if you're familiar with the, with Pennsylvania, it's central Pennsylvania. And I'm yeah. driving from New Jersey, the, you know, the far eastern edge of Pennsylvania. And I'm in, right in Carlisle, where, uh, where Jim Thorpe yeah. roamed the college gridiron. Oh, that's, that's another, Jim Thorpe, that's another podcast for another day. Uh, I'm driving way too fast for con- conditions. I'm on the, I'm in the right-hand lane. And what I'm doing in, the, in this condition is I'm watching the right end, the white line on the right. And it was at this point, it was just a ridge of snow on the right. And there's a truck coming up behind me going right really, really fast. Oh, he's going to go around me, puts on his blinker. He's going to go around me. And I was scared. So I took the Camry and edged over onto the shoulder of the New Jersey turn of the Pennsylvania. Oh, turn. Oh, he goes past me. You don't even I, know if there's asphalt there. I do a complete 360 in the Camry, a complete, he oh. went past me and I do a th- complete 360 in the Camry and slam into, I don't, I don't remember what it was. I, I don't know if it, it was one of those girders they have oh, on the no. or what I smash into oh. the side of it after doing a 360 and you know i have to call this is right at the beginning of cell phones i've got one of those you know huge well, cumbersome yeah, cell phones with, the, with the exactly like a walkie-talkie and so it takes them almost three hours to get to me because it's a storm and they drive safely and i had to call my wife and um this is i guess the point of the story is this my father my father-in-law is at the house my wife picks up the phone and the aunt, and she answers it this way. Yeah. <laughs> it's me. I've been in an accident, you know, and then there's a long pause. What? I was in an accident. And my wife says with the Camry. And then I hear my father-in-law in the background. Isn't the lease up on that thing tomorrow? <laughs> and oh, a little male support. Never heard. Exactly. Weird family juju everywhere. And I hear the two of them talking. What an idiot. How, doesn't he know why would he drive like it? you know he would have made more money not to just to stay home oh, <laughs> yeah. and like hear this whole thing as they're talking and i'm just sitting in my camry in the snow in the cold waiting burning for up your head's burning up while the rest of your body's freezing to death if that was the end of the camera yeah because when you lose contact with the earth and start going i i don't think i did a full 360 but i was wobbling around like uh you know, nobody's business, but it doesn't even have to be snow. Are you ready for this one? Hurricane. Oh, Hurricane. No. I don't know if you watched uh, the George Jones, Tammy movie, but George Jones was known as the possum. Well, it so happens my dad was known as the possum and my dad was as brilliant a man as I've ever known, but he was stubborn. And like me, he lacked a little bit of common sense. And we're at Nags Head, North Carolina, and a hurricane is bearing down. Now, to show you how much common sense I have, I looked at it as an opportunity. In the eye of the hurricane, there were these huge breakers hitting the beach. Nags Head already has big waves. I look at my cousin and his friend, and I go, oh, we got to body surf these mothers. Amen. Amen. Yes. 
And I, but, but you know what? I'm not altogether stupid. I looked at them both gravely in the eye and said, but whatever you do, don't get beyond the breakers or you might be swept out to sea and we'll never hear from you again. Okay, we're in, let's go. So we all run into the, to the ocean. And I mean, it was like football practice because those waves were pounding you and you had to dive under them, dive over them, dive, and just there's no getting around them. And by the time you got out of the breakers, I mean, you had some bruises on you. And, but when you got a ride, a sweet, and you could, you couldn't miss these waves if you had any talent at all. And when you got these waves, they were lifting you up like just six, seven, I don't know, just way up in the air, oh, probably at least a story of a house. And then you would get to the crest and you drop down and shoot out. Literally, I think it's the only time I ever body surfed where I felt that thing in your stomach like you do on a roller coaster. Yeah. And then it just shot you out all the way to the beach. And oh, then you had to take a deep breath and run out again. Well, by the time we finished and we're worn out from doing this, and it's the rain is coming down sideways now. The eye of the hurricane has passed. And now it's actually getting, you know, a little gnarly. And the rain is coming down sideways. It's stinging our bodies. It's so hard. And we trudge to the back to our beach houses. They lived in one and I, the, I, you know, my cousins had one and I, our family had another, I get to our A-frame and that sucker is, it's like something from the wizard of Oz. That thing is leaning it, like it is, it is testing the Pythagorean theorem. It is a full 45 degree angle on that sucker. And my parents, and my brother are running down to our car and throwing boxes and luggage. They're not even packing the car. They're just throwing shit in there to get the hell out of Dodge. And even my mom, who would never lift a box or piece of luggage in her entire life to help us move. Oh, my God. She is like a worker ant. She is like, whoa, one trip, two trip, three trip. I, I see all this from a distance as I'm walking and I slow down a little because I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I want to get involved in all that. But then I figure, well, I better pitch in. So I, I pick up the pace a little and I go, whatever. You know, I already told my cousins, never tell a soul that we were body surfing in this year. In a hurricane. So, so yes. we made that pact and kept it for at least 15 years. Get there and they like whip me into shape. I'm throwing boxes. I'm throwing luggage in the car. And we got all this extra luggage because my brother is, he drove his own car to Nags Head because he was in college already. And he was getting rid of a bunch of crap he didn't want and having us take it back to the family uh. home. And so we had more so stuff. You're gonna drive. Wait, wait, wait. You're, you're going to drive. They're putting stuff. There's a hurricane. Let me, There's let's a hurricane. You're, you're going to drive back to New Jersey. No, you're thinking that we're going to drive to the mainland. Bags head to the mainland. That's what our, What's that's the road? What, we get a phone call from our cousins. They're driving to the mainland. Come join us. We're going to rent a place on the mainland and, and wait out the storm. But my dad's like, we only had like three days left on our vacation anyway. Oh, no, 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 no. The possum. He's going to outwit nature. He's like, no, no, we're going to drive back to New Jersey. You know, on a good day, it's a seven and a half hour drive. I was just going to say, yeah, uh, yeah. On a good day, on a really good day. You can only make it a seven and a half hour drive if you take the Bay Tunnel Bridge over the Chesapeake, which that's not looking like a real good idea right now. But yeah, hey, you, need, you need to set up for everybody Nags Head where you are to get off that part of for in North Carolina, 
it's there's only two ways. You got the bridge that you were just talking about, or you drive one. Isn't there like a two lane highway that you know you drive forever? And so yeah. that like which way did you go well well we had there's a little bridge to the mainland then way up north in maryland there's that bay tunnel bridge across the chesapeake that's your shortcut that's the only cut otherwise you're looking at a 10-hour drive right my dad's like well maybe the weather's not so bad north of here um and um <laughs> you know we're like al roker you know how he's out in the middle of this hurricane that's what it's like right now so we grab you can barely close the car door you get it closed my brother says, I'm going to the mainland with the Newtons. I don't know about you guys. You should do, you should seriously consider that. You know, he's a freshman in college and he's already got way more brain power than the rest of the three cases put together. And my dad's like, nope, nope. The possum is ready to scurry north. So we get in this car and it's so packed. It's so ridiculously and haphazardly packed with my brother's stuff, our stuff, that I'm sitting in the back seat with a box on my lap that comes almost up to my chin, boxes to the side of me. I'm like Steeler's wheels. I got boxes everywhere and I got no room to move, but I'm only in here for seven and a half hours if we're lucky. So my dad's driving. It is the rain is now coming down so hard. You know, the wipers, as soon as they wipe, there's no visibility. It's just the wipers are only, you know, the status quo is not good. And it, it the status quo is no visibility. Well, my dad's using your dad's trick. He's like keeping his eye on something on that road so he doesn't drive off the road. And we're heading north come hell and high water. We, we are heading there. And then my mom and dad are just, why didn't my mom, why didn't we stay in the mainland? It would have been so much easier. We were so much simpler. We could have been with your cousins for, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, I got to get back to work. We were, you know, the vacation's almost over anyway. This is, I'm not going to, I'm already spending money on the cab and I'm not going to spend money on another place at the same time. So he's driving, he's, you know, the possum is stubborn. My mom is like, there is no way that, and this is before cell phones and smartphones yeah. and anything else. So we, we're basically out of communication with the world in our rain-soaked windshield car. We can't even see cars next to us. The wind is howling. My dad is like, probably grew about three inches of muscle in his one arm, just trying to keep the car on the road in this this ridiculous rain never stops. And we're just in this complete funnel of rain the entire drive. Of course, my dad's like, we're going to make it. The Bay Bridge is huge. They're not going to close the Galdern Bay Bridge. Oh, yeah. The Bay Bridge. Turn around. You're go you going the long way, sir. Yeah. My dad doesn't know the way. He only knows that way. We're, we drive into like... I guess it was Baltimore because it was an urban area, completely lost. We don't know where we are. For some reason, this gas station is open. My mom's in tears. <laughs> Just get a map. My dad's like, I don't need a map. I grew up on that. I work in Wilmington, Delaware. We're practically there. So my dad does not get a map. He goes, he listens to what the guys in the gas station have to say, which we couldn't hear, but they were probably saying, what the hell are you doing on the road, buddy? 
you got a yeah. family in that car? And so my dad gets in the car and he goes, well, they didn't know what God I know if I go this long, I'll get to Delaware. Bah, 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 bah. So we, he looks for this highway and you can barely see anything. And he finds this road. 10 hours later, I think we hit Delaware. Oh. And my oh. dad is now more comfortable getting home. He now knows the route, but you still can't see a damn thing. These boxes are getting to be like an anvil on my knee. And I'm yeah. just like, what the hell, dad? I can't even move. This is ridiculous. All right, you don't know what that. So <laughs> we continue north. And this, again, this is again a snail's pace because you can't, there's no visibility. The rain is still pounding. There has been a relentless rain from minute one it has never let up we get to our driveway and I, I think it's the first and only time i threw the boxes the shackles off and kissed the ground and said home sweet home dorothy had nothing on me i'd been through hell and back and i didn't even get to see a wizard i was just like all i looked at was a brown box for how many hours <laughs> <laughs> so in the end, it was a great vacation. Uh, Davis, you know, it's just it's such a difference in the way we live now and parents and children and the way we live. And, and a cell phone that'll tell you that hurricane's because that was the other thing. My dad had no idea the hurricane was going to go up the coast along with us when he'd set out. But if you right. had a cell phone, all that would be predetermined. Everybody would, yeah. It, 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 it would have told you the bridge was closed. Also, though, there's no way to, in today's world they can have a kid in the back seat with 20 pounds of boxes on it. <laughs> there's just no way. There's no parent that. Well, I shouldn't say that because there probably are some parents that would. My parents would have done that. Yeah. You know, my parents would have. Yeah, sit back and shut up. We're gonna. Yeah. In those days, kids were shadow. You were like. Yeah. Props. We were, yeah. <laughs> we were props that. You're you know, you're supposed to hold this box because it has breakables. Everything else. My dad, they, my dad used to complain about driving and how, oh, whatever. I don't know why they're teaching you. They're, they're not teaching you how to drive. And meanwhile, my father's one of the worst drivers. You know, <laughs> road rage. And my father's oh, yeah. road rage was just, I, and I remember a specific time we were driving in Champaign, Illinois. And I think he was driving me back to you know, the school, and the car is packed. My mom and dad in the front two seats. And even though I'm in college, I'm in the back seat with my two brothers both of the, who are in high school now. And so we're all crammed into the car, right? Driving into Champaign. I don't remember the name of the road, but, and he's driving and it, the weather's fine. But <laughs> he's having a little fight with, you know, a little road fight with another guy. So what yeah, happened? You can tell your dad was getting revved up and like, okay, I might not, you know, be a millionaire, but I'm going to beat this jackass on this road. Right. Exactly. That's, it's a real macho male or male. So what I've learned from that was now when I'm on the road, this happens to me. This just happened to me driving on the Brooklyn Queens Expressway with one of my kids. And there are guys in New York. Imagine here. Brooklyn. Imagine. Rude yeah. people in Brooklyn? And people are driving, you know, they're just like, there's no room for a car to come in between me and the car in front of me, but they somehow find room and yes. I just let him go and whatever. My dad, on the other hand, you know, he just cut me. Oh, he's got to cut. Oh, I'm going to teach him all that so now they're driving like in a 35 mile an hour zone. They're both going like 55 miles an hour to show each other how, you know, they're good. And they bump into each other. Like they, they, they're, the doors, you know, 
the passenger yeah. side door of our car and the driver's side door. And I remember my dad going, yep, I knew it. <laughs> I was like, kidding, dad. You were, you know, so now they pull over. These two angry men are, ah, it was your fault. And the poor, the cop shows up. What really, what's he going to do? Hey, it was his fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Listen the, to reason. The, the policeman, he did, you just listened to both of them yelling. I just watched the policeman, cool, calm, just gave them both the ticket and then made my dad leave first. My dad was much older than this other guy. So he had to go first. Get out of sight. Right, exactly. And so I never knew what happened, but I can't believe he gave me a ticket. And he would talk to other parents about me driving. And I had learned how to drive, by the way, from my uncle Art, who taught me, I was probably 14. Yeah. yeah. To drive a tractor. Oh, yeah. Anything about driving, like a John Deere. So you climb up this thing and there's like this big, like a, I, I don't know what you, a pole with a round knob at the top and there are your gears and you oh. press down on this, you press down on this one pedal and you, you at the same time, you put the gear into next to this, there's no, there are no numbers and no letters. You just oh have to know. God. This is where my uncle is, was almost Amish. He was close to being Amish. So the tractor was probably from 1927 and he kept the yeah. part. But so, you know, you just have to remember it goes in this slot and that's reverse this slot. And so I'm driving, I'm probably 14. And I'm wheeling this tractor around. And, it, you know, then I get feeling pretty cocky about it. Drove yeah. it into a ditch. A 14-year-old driving a tractor doesn't start to feel like they own the world. Oh, yeah, because you're way up. You're way. I mean. Yeah. King of and the that world. is where I learned how to drive. And now my dad is complaining about my driving skills to people. You know, and it was very, you know, it, it didn't it didn't work for me because I was just looking at him. Well, you're the one that got into the accident, man. You're the one who's got the road rage. That road rage hadn't been invented yet. But my dad pretty much was the precursor, <laughs> I think, to road rage. Oh, you're right, Bill. They don't teach kids to drive. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that because I, 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 oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Same dynamic. It's every generation, although I will say that that skipped my generation. I did nothing but compliment my kids so that they would get a healthy confidence behind the wheel. You know, we spent tons of time practicing and I taught them, so I couldn't very well tell them they sucked. Uh, so they, but my brother and my dad had this ongoing dynamic, which I learned from, because my older brother, I learned from him not to, you know, get critical of other people driving. My brother would be like, you know, here he was a snot nosed 16 year old telling my dad as he's, you know, driving anytime that my brother was in the car, God, dad, slow down slow down slow dad speed up my god you're the slowest you know, dad what are you doing in this lane and oh my god it drove my dad crazy and it actually drove me crazy and now my brother is the the wackiest most unsafest driver on the road he oh, that's wild. you know he gets too close to everybody and is like get the fuck out of the way of course he's a reverend and he drives 40 miles out over every posted speed limit so he just had this you know desire to get things done behind the wheel and my dad drove like a normal human being so it drove my brother crazy finally we were I can remember this like it was yesterday. We're going to a Phillies game. My dad said, well, why don't you drive? You're so good. And uh, my good for him. Like, good for your dad. My, my brother's like, sure, I'll, I can drive. I can drive better than you. I'll get us there faster than you do. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I misspoke earlier. My brother never told my dad to slow down. He told him to speed up. So my brother did nothing slow in a car. So 
anyway, he's like, we're going to get to the stadium faster than you ever thought he'd get in the stadium. And, and my dad's oh. like, okay, okay. And so, but you gotta, you know, you gotta be safe. And my brother's like, dad, I can, I'm, I'm a way better driver than you. And so he gets in the car and we're driving and we get to the bridge that connects uh, New Jersey to Pennsylvania. First, you know, the first bridge we get to the first non-normal thing you have to do while driving your car and what does my brother do he rides the car up onto you know they have those like separators between toll booths yeah my brother rides the car up on, <laughs> up on one wheel crunch into this huge high curb the whole car jars over and you know practically tilts over it, we're clunk and we come back down like you know you can hear the chassis just scrape oh. like the titanic on an iceberg and we settle down to a jarring halt and man you could hear a pin drop <laughs> i said nothing i was aghast and I was waiting to see if my dad would ever become a violent man because he was not, he was not a hitter, but my Lord, he must've used every, he just looked at my brother and he didn't say a word. He gave him the silent treatment and oh. until he just said, get out. Oh, well, that, 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 that does serve the purpose right there. They did a little Chinese fire drill switched drivers after my dad took a look and was assured that the tire hadn't punctured and we made our way to connie mack stadium in one piece but no oh, thanks to my brother no thanks to my brother but that was a great comeuppance oh yeah and he brought it on himself oh yeah when i was in high school i had um i had intercepted a pass on a friday night game returned it for a touchdown against dixon so uh i mean really cocky and then on saturday morning I went on a local radio show and talked about what a great football player I was and how I made the interception and, you know, read the quarterback, you know, you know, I mean, I was 17. Yeah. You know, yeah. Size, you know, bragging. I was the only thing. You were oh, halfway to your retirement from the NFL by then. Exactly. And so I'm, I'm high as a kite, just on my own adrenaline driving <laughs> my dad to Coronado in Ottawa, Illinois, blow through a stop light, stop sign, broadside, a girl from Ottawa High School that I didn't know, and then I went home. But because of the whole thing, and it was my dad's tornado. This is the crazy thing. I was forgiven, always forgiven, because I, you know, I intercepted the pass and scored a touchdown. So it it gave me carte blanche. I guess wreck the family car. My, my greatest accomplishment uh, was driving to work in a hurry because I had been in a swim meet. And I was uh, late for work. And of course, you can't be late to Perkins Pancake House to bus tables. Uh, the, world uh, would, the world would come off the axis somehow. And <laughs> the Ice Age would approach and probably take out our house if I were late to Perkins Pancake House. Oh, your personal house. life would end. That would be the end of your entire career. Everything. That would be following you around. I'll never bus a table Aren't, again if I don't you're make You're the it. guy who was late to bus the tables at, at Perkins? in 1974. Forget it. Who the hell do you think you are? We don't make exceptions for swimmers. So, you know, there's no there's no intercepting the ball in swimming. It's just, yeah, I made it to the end of the, you know, I, I actually achieved uh, four laps without drowning. Okay, great. There's no pass given for that. So 
I'm driving in the car and I'm in a hurry and I I don't know what happened. It was so it was such a long time ago. It was one of those cars you had to put water in the battery every night. Oh wow. And so and so I think I must have last time I had done that before I this time, I must have not latched the hood because nobody drove this car but me. So there there's no blame to go around. And so I'm driving to Perkins Pancake House in a hurry. It's winter. There's a good wind kicking up. And I'm, I'm barreling down Randall Drive when the hood flies up. Oh. And I see nothing but red. Oh. I just whoosh like that. I miss the, 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 the bend in the road. I drive up onto the curb, flatten both tires. Oh, my God. Now I'm going to be even more late. Well, then I look at the hood, the hood, the the sheet metal has bent on itself so that now you can't even close the damn hood well. So I got to get out some, I'm like, what the, I go into the trunk, sweating bullets that I'm now late for Perkins Pancake House, even worse. And I find some cord that I knew was there and I tie the trunk down and I wasn't oh. going anywhere. I destroyed both wheels. I was like, oh, God. So I never even made it to Perkins that, that night. But my dad was, uh, he was a little more forgiving because it was nobody's car but mine. All right. he did was, you know, give me the lecture of, you know, you're an idiot. But yeah, you treat your you know, all of us are idiots. I had almost the same. My, I bought a car when I was a senior in high school. I bought a Dodge 440. And this will date things three on the tree. So <laughs> the turn signal was on the on the steering what the, the, the trunk, right? Yep. Whatever you want to call it. But the, the gear shift, drive, reverse, and park was also just like a turn signal stick. It was on the same. That's why they called it three on the tree. Yeah, yeah. When the, the guy that sold it, I was going to be driving it from Ottawa to Niles, Illinois, about two hours each way three days a week to, to work out at the Nautilus gym to oh get ready for college. Oh yeah. So I'm driving and I'm driving in the tri-state in it's on the Western edge of Chicago. There's an expressway I-294. That's a tollway that they call the tri-state because yep. it's Wisconsin, Illinois, and Indiana, Northwest Indiana. Okay. The tri-state you never want to miss in a lifetime. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I'm driving and I was getting to know the road really well because I was doing this three days a week. But the Dodge 440 was, it was an old car and it needed constant attention to everything. The lubricants, oil, all the stuff that you don't even think about. The carburetor has to be checked. What? You know, I don't, you're, yeah. nobody, you're high school, senior high school, I don't have time. You know, but so I run out, I, I didn't run out of gas. Something happened. It wasn't oil, but something, it might've been the crankcase had a, had a, um, or the block had a crack, something weird that I didn't understand. So now I'm on the, on the, I, I'll never forget this. I'm on Tri-State. I pull over and a guy pulls up in a tow truck, uh, Illinois safety, something or other, and turns on his lights. What's the problem? And I said, I don't know. The car's not running anymore. <laughs> he looks at it. He goes, is it a Dodge 440? <laughs> yeah. Is it a three on a tree? Yeah. No, I can't believe it's still, I can, you know, he gives me this lecture on how the car was, you know, never meant to be. Nobody ever owned these things. How much did it cost? Well, it gave me 50 bucks. So that's, and the guy says to me, $50 car. 
that should have told you something right there, son, that you, you were going to, sooner or later, the car was going to break down on the tri-state. Well, and this is unbelievable, Dave. He had, this was, this was the, the summer of 1974, and this guy had in his car a walkie-talkie-like phone with the world. Yeah, with a coil. It was like a CB. And I was able yeah. to call my dad in Ottawa, Illinois. Damn. On thing, from, from the road, from the tricep. Yeah. Hi, dad, it's me. And right away, my dad goes, the car broke down. Yep, it did. And this is what he said to me. Did you check the oil? Yep. Well, what happened? I don't know, dad. He drives up. So he gets up there like five hours later, you know, oh, he comes pulling up. And I had to sit there the whole time with this guy from the Illinois State High, Highway Patrol or whatever it was. Um, my dad gets out of the car, comes walking up and says to me, let's go. And the, the guy from the Illinois Highway Patrol says to my dad, well, what are you going to do with the car? My dad goes, $50 car, you can have it. What? And it was like they both knew what was going on. They, you know, they <laughs> out, yeah, I get it. You're, you're right, I'll take it. And, my, and I get in the car. And once again, it's same with your in silence, two-hour drive. Yeah. Back Ottawa didn't say a word. That's the last car that I owned before I, you know, was out of college and I had to get a car on my own when I met my wife. You know, that was the last car that I had because it was such an awful experience. I had to constantly up, update this thing. It was, uh, is there enough oil, the lube, uh, the, you know, stuff for the tires? It was just an oh. awful. Well, you're lucky you saw your dad as soon as you did. I would never have been so lucky. I would have been like this, five hours, six hours, seven hours. My God, I'm not dressed for the change in weather we were having here. Come on, where are you? You know, and again, I wouldn't have had a phone, you know, even, you know, I, I would have just been left to high and dry. And seven hours later, my dad might come or, you know, five hours later, my dad might pull up after, you know, how you hopefully wait for every set of headlights and you're oh, like, oh, that man. can't be me. That's a Chevy. Oh, that can't be him. That's, you know, that's, that's a oh, sports yeah. car. You can tell by the headlights, you know, and I would hopefully wait for every pearl going down the highway and it would never come. Finally, my dad would slowly pull over. And I'm like, Dad, where the hell have you been? And he'd be like, well, you caught me before dinner. I had to eat dinner. I had to catch Ironsides. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? I, you're going to watch TV while I'm stranded out here? Well, I didn't plan for you to break down on the highway. This isn't something And And then I feel like an idiot. Then he makes me feel like an idiot. And then we don't talk because I'm so, and my dad is just like, well, I don't really think I should say I told you so. And so, <laughs> yeah. oh, on and on and on it goes. Well, we've come to another storybook ending. Thanks for stopping by the Stories Unlimited podcast and that's Stories UNLTD. We'd appreciate you following us on Spotify as well as on Apple Podcasts and you can email us at storiesunltd at gmail.com.